Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Andre, the shot My father, Vince, is like a national treasure. And when Roman Reigns hit him, it was like defacing around much more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one sports and recreation podcast in the world. No matter what happens, we continue on. Cheap Heat is back, live from Philadelphia. The mage one, well, mage adjace, and stat guy adjace. SG to the G. What's up, buddy? Yo, what's going on, Peter? I'm here. I'm here. You know, listen, we will have a better show than Shane McMahon had promo the other day. I promise. <sighs> yeah. I, I will not say Route Mushmore unless I mean to say Route Mushmore. Uh, one of the great, one of the great, I've never been to Route Mushmore. I haven't been to Route Mushmore either. <laughs> it's on my list. I'd like to see Route Mushmore. Um, you know, it's from now on when we talk about the greatest wrestlers of all time, we should say who's on your Route Mushmore. <laughs> it, it, we almost have to now, right? Like it almost has to be the proper version. The wrestling version is Route Mushmore. Um, so yeah, another week. Um, some, at least there are some more things to talk about. We'll talk about the return of Bray Wyatt, the quick turn of Kevin Owens, and anything else that was worth mention from the week SGG. Did anything happen outside the ring? Dean Malenko uh, appears to have quit his job with the WWE. He was uh, a superstar, as many people know, for, for many years, WWE and WCW. And then he transitioned to a role as a backstage agent. And um, numerous sources are reporting now that he he quit and he's gone from WWE. Yo, who is left? Yeah, I don't know. And um, you don't want to think that everybody who leaves is AEW bound, but you also have to have to acknowledge that um, this is bad timing to lose anybody. Yeah, I would really think that. I mean, you saw that. I'm sure is a story you'll get to um, about Luke Harper, and yeah, that they don't want people to leave. So I would think that would even be true of agents and you know. You know, between Road Dog is gone, uh, Billy Gunn, who had not been there in a working capacity in a while, is gone. Dean Malenko is gone. Um, a lot of the kind of old school mentality guys, um, are on their way out the door. SGG, it's, it's a little strange. Yeah, and, and Dean uh, Malenko. Dean Malenko's going to hurt because he's like a mastermind. I mean, he he's very great technician. He can, I'm sure he can put together matches. I'm pretty sure he excelled in that role as a backstage agent. So he's somebody you want around, you know. Uh, Arn Anderson is gone, albeit oh, that's right. Arn just happened to reasons, but can't can't afford to lose all these all these people. It's just it's just also interesting that it's happening at a time 
in which the product is clearly in some state of transition. Um, months removed from the start at Fox. Um, and I'm sure you'll also get to, uh, the, the, the quarterly report. Yeah. Um, well, let's start in order. Let's go to Luke Harper from this Dimalenko story. Uh, you just mentioned him. And yeah, you alluded to it. It seems that there are numerous reports out that WWE is, in fact, not going to release him from his contract, even though he put out uh, that lengthy statement, um, basically saying goodbye. And it seems as if Vince is uh, extending his contract to make up for the time he missed during injury. Yeah, yeah, it, exactly. It seems like he got a nah, fam. Yeah. So here's the question. Does that mean that they decide to find a way to use him? Or does that mean that they're like, oh, really? You want to leave? You want to go somewhere else? Nah, you can stay here and stay on the bench. Yeah, I don't know. I, I hope I hope it means that they find a way to use him. But then he also has to cooperate with that if that's the case. Um. If he's just like, no, I want to be gone, I'll send my goodbyes, there's nothing left for me to do here, then it just looks bad, you know, if they're, they're holding on to him. So, yeah, so we'll see. It is a very, okay, it's a strange time. So so take us to what you learned about the uh, the conference call in which they gave their quarter one earnings. So it seems to be... That they lost a little bit of money this year. Um, this quarter they're down as compared to last quarter is what I've learned. Um, the percentage, uh, I believe, was somewhere around 6.8%. And the stock dropped. Um, no, they lost $6.8 million this year compared to last year, this same first quarter. And their stock dropped 17%. Now, I'm, I'm not so sure if that's necessarily... A huge problem because I know last year, right around this time, they started ramping up a bunch of different things, um, and they started spending money elsewhere. So I wonder if that ate into their income, and that's where that loss looks like. I don't, I don't know, but you have to wonder because they expanded um, overseas dramatically. They they opened up a new brand, they opened up a new performance center, they hired a ton of new staff for uh, for the UK. So I wonder if that is what's being reflected in these um, in these earnings, or if so, it's just that they're just having a bad year. Though Vince McMahon seemed to suggest that the reason behind the decline was superstar absences. You know, I mean, obviously, I guess you mean Roman Reigns. I don't know if you mean John Cena. Um, I, I don't know who he'd be specifically referring to. Um, I, I would assume Roman for sure, but I also don't know that honestly that, that, that sounds like a reasonable reason why they'd be down a lot. Yeah. Cause I mean, 6.8 million is, is nothing to sneeze at. Now listen, this may not be that big a deal in the grand scheme of things. And my guess would be it's not. I just feel like it appears there's a perfect storm of, sort of uh 
not so great that's been going on. Um, between the product, between talent moving on, and then the, the, the Q1 report. It's just a very, very weird time. Yeah, I mean, in other areas, though, they seem to be doing well. They still have that Fox deal. They still, you know, they pulled in their billions of dollars for that. Um, their sponsorships look to be thriving. So I don't know. It, it is very weird, though. Um, yeah, the Fox deal is going to be very big, you know, to see what happens when they go to to broadcast. It's going to be very, very interesting um, to see what it feels like and how big of an impact it makes. You know, I'll tell you the truth. I really don't love it being live on Friday nights. I I don't either. I just think one of the things that has always made SmackDown sort of the B show is that by having it when it was on Friday nights, um, and I think it's been recovering for years from being on Friday nights, I think... By being on Friday nights, it's inherently the kids' show because that's who's home on Friday nights. That's who's looking to watch wrestling on Friday nights is kids. And it's interesting because the word you hear is that Fox is looking for an edgier product. And it's interesting that you would go with an edgier product on Friday nights. You know, I I almost feel like Thursday night would have been a better look. Though Maybe they have fear about Thursday night football, even though Thursday night football is trash. Um <laughs> You know, I just, I have mixed feelings. I really do about Friday night. It's just a, it's a, it's a strange time for a live TV pro. Maybe it'll feel great. I mean, listen, I'm old and watched, so I'll probably watch plenty of it. But for those people who like to go out on Friday nights, you know, right after work, they go out to dinner, they go to do things like, I just don't know. It, it's just going to make for an interesting feeling product, particularly like I said, when you're you're trying to supposedly do something that is a little edgier and a little bit more of a return to attitude. So it's going to be very – the next six months to a year is going to be a very interesting time. Well, those people who aren't able to watch, are those the people that they're going to hope to get on uh, like digital platforms? Let's say maybe like an app or Hulu or something like that. Yeah, I suppose, but I mean, you would think part of the big deal for Fox and why they'd spend so much money is the expectation that people are going to be tuning in. You know, now granted it includes, you know, other stuff and Fox is going to have other programming around it, but this is the only show that's going to air on Fox Fox. You know, if they do other shows, they'll air on FS1, which is, you know, much, I mean, su- such a yeah, it's such it's a different s- small fry <laughs> compared to Fox. So it'll be interesting, SGG. What else you got? Speaking of people leaving WWE, it seems that uh, Goldust's contract is going to be up soon, or it is up already, and he's set to face Cody in uh, the main event of Double or Nothing for AEW. So we finally get the Goldust Cody match everyone had been waiting for for so long. On a big platform. I mean, we got it at a pay per view. Uh, wasn't wasn't the best. Yeah, but, but um, the, the, it, the story was rushed. It wasn't right. Yeah, 
people, I've seen people online already rush to defend it. You know, they said that was Stardust versus Goldust. Uh, this is Cody versus Dustin. We're going to get something completely different. And I hope we do. Because um, I feel like the story is right there. The groundwork is right there. I'm not, I'm on the fence about it. But um, they have a couple of weeks to to get me going one side or the other. It will be a fun weekend, though, um, in Vegas. That is for sure. Between Star between Starcast and now Cody versus Dustin, it's pretty pretty dope. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing what they what else they do because they got more time to pull out some more surprises. <laughs> I don't think they're done yet. Um, and finally, CM Punk apparently made a, his return to pro wrestling last night. No, not last night, last week um, at a small independent show in Wisconsin. Uh, a masked character ran in, uh, hit a GTS, and ran out. And people are speculating that it's CM Punk based on some tweets from the promoter and uh, the fact that CM Punk was wearing the exact same outfit sans mask uh, as the person who ran in. Well, that would be a big, pretty big giveaway. Yeah. That what a, what a punk what a CM Punk thing to do that is by the way. It's interesting you say that because um, some um I guess I don't know what the word I'm looking for is but some social media detectives unearthed audio of CM Punk on the Michael K show. Uh, from 2000, I want to say 16, 2015, 16. And he says in the audio, uh, if I ever return to wrestling, it's going to be me wrestling for one of my buddies. I'm going to probably throw on a mask, have some fun, and then just do it like that. And he says this to you. <laughs> so he, uh, he kept Wait, his word. Unearthed audio of me that I, I didn't even know that happened. Yeah, he kept his word. Uh, he said, I could try to find it and send it to you, but uh, that's what he says, and that's what he does. Did this audio make the rounds this week? Did people like push start pushing this out there? Uh, yeah, I saw it making the rounds, so it's out there. It's back. It's been it's been unearthed, rediscovered. And, uh, and listen, yeah, I'm that, such a great journalist that the journalism never – even my old journalism tells stories. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It held up. So if, if I, anybody had any doubts that this was CM Puck, he told Rosenberg he was going to do it. Three years ago, y'all just weren't paying attention. That's so, apparently I wasn't even paying attention. He said that that was in preparation for his uh, UFC. For one of his debut. UFC fights, yeah, I think it was yeah. uh, Mickey I Gall. De- I think the first, I think the debut, the grand opening, grand closing. Yeah. So it would make sense then that a Midwest show, someone shows up with a mask, that it would be CM Punk, and also. If it was, if he was going to do it, wouldn't it be you just run in and hit a go to sleep just to make people speculate? Yeah, which is exactly. I mean, it worked. It worked exactly as planned. It would almost be like, it would almost be, you know, less conspicuous if the person like wrestled a full match. But the fact that it was what it was is it almost makes it more clear, right? Yeah. Especially like the go to sleep. That's that's the telltale sign that he he left his calling card right there for everybody. Yeah, made it pretty easy for you. 
Anything else outside the ring, SGG? That is a pretty crazy one. I know that, uh, Dipperstein is sick. <laughs> no, that was the exclamation point. So now we can move on to, uh, what happened inside the ring. And I guess this week's, the story overarching throughout Raw and SmackDown for WWE is, uh, Superstar Shakeup Part 2. Which I know they kept saying on Raw and SmackDown that the shakeup is not over. Um, I guess it's never ending because some people ended up on Raw that weren't announced for the shakeup. Some people ended up back on SmackDown that were sent to Raw. It's pretty wild. Yeah, just when you thought the shakeup couldn't make any less sense. I mean, it's it's just Greg. Th- this shakeup has just been shakeup's the right word. I mean, it's it's it, it should be called like a breakdown. It shouldn't be yeah. called the superstar shakeup. It's called the superstar breakdown. Like. The whole thing is so odd. Everything about how it was done has been strange and very hard to make sense of. And now you finally think you've made some sense of whatever it is that's going on. And then people end up returning back to their brands. It's so odd. Yeah. And, you know, they also quietly made some moves that I would consider to be sort of head scratches like the bar. Cesaro's on Raw. No mention of where Sheamus is. What does that mean for one of the best tag teams they have on the roster right now? Yeah, no idea. Very, very weird. And one of the reasons that was being reported out there was that Andrade went back to SmackDown because Fox wanted a big Latino star. No one, no one had a conversation with them beforehand. Yeah. Like these, these all seem like things that could have been understood previously. Like, you would understand more if it was based on injury and stuff, right? But when you hear stuff like that, where it's more strategic, it's like, where was, where was the strategery? Yeah. Where, where was the thoughtfulness put into some of these moves? And maybe there was, but I mean, they have, they have a lot of masters that they have to answer to now. Um, it's not just, NBC Universal, they have Fox looming, um, ready to come in and have their input made. So you have to really, really coordinate um, and balance that. Now, SGG, is there is there much to talk about from inside the ring this week or inside the shows? I should say, besides the debut of Bray Wyatt and the turn of Kevin Owens. Well. AJ Styles did earn the right to face Seth Rollins for the WWE Championship. He um, he won a triple threat, and then he defeated Baron Corbin, who also won a triple threat. And now he's going to go on to face Seth Rollins in a match that I'm pretty sure is going to be a crowd pleaser. Uh, now, now listen, they should have an amazing match, but doesn't that seem like such a holdover pay-per-view match? In what way? Is there going to be a story between AJ and Seth? I mean, I get it. They're both two amazing wrestlers, but, like, it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of, uh, I mean, listen, we have time. It's still a little, it's still a few weeks away, but, like, I don't know. I just don't see these two guys that the crowd loves having a super meaningful story unless something serious changes. Yeah, and I guess they're going to um, rest on that being the story that these two super-driven guys want the richest prize on Raw. 
Has AJ been Universal Champion? No. No. So the list really... of Universal Champions is, is quite short. Uh, I know there have been 51 WWE Champions, but I think Rollins is five or six. Brock, Finn, Goldberg, Rollins. KO. Dean, Dean or no? No. KO uh, Roman. KO Roman. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, maybe they'll make a story out of it. Listen, I'm sure we'll get a great wrestling match out of it. I think it's compelling that Becky is defending both of her titles at the pay-per-view. Yeah. How, how much longer does she have as Becky two belts? Cause one of those challenges is Charlotte. And, uh, we know Charlotte, um, doesn't lose when it comes to her, Yeah. When it comes to her fellow four horse women, she has no problem making their reign with the championship, uh, short. Let's, they got it. Let's get it over with. You know, like I, you know, I actually thought for a moment there the other day that Bailey was going to win. And I I did too. I thought it was an opportunity to get Bailey over again. Yeah, I mean that was their twelfth match, Bailey and Charlotte one on one, and uh, Charlotte had one six and Bailey had one five. So not only were they poised to to tie up their record, but um, they could have given Becky, like you said, an opp- not Becky Bailey, um, an opportunity that she doesn't often get. But instead, they she took the L. To the queen. It's not, it's not, uh, like it was anybody. She lost to the queen. Let's be honest. It's a very good point. And it, it makes it a little easier to, to swallow. Um, but yeah, I really did, um, I really did think that, uh, for, there was just a moment there. I was like, oh, well, listen, Charlotte was just involved. Charlotte and Becky can always come back. They move Bailey over to SmackDown. They can make Bailey relevant and put Becky in a more realistic, situation to win both of her matches you know like you could see her beating Lacey Evans and Bailey um it's hard to picture her beating Lacey Evans and Charlotte yeah and maybe that's why it was done because they want they want us to feel some pressure they want us to be a little anxious about that but um we can get to that when money in the bank comes the time comes but they definitely uh, stacked the odds against Becky Two Belts. And then um, what did you think of the Kevin Owens turn? I, I, I saw some people describing it as a surprise, and it's like the only surprise to me was that it happened so quick. I assumed it would maybe last for a little while. Yeah, I think it happened almost right on time because Money in the Bank is coming up soon anyway, so – you turn him, and then you have a couple of weeks to play with. But, uh, I mean, it's the turn everybody saw coming, though, right? <laughs> we all knew it was going to happen. I mean, you didn't even quite understand why KO was acting like a baby face in the first place. Yeah. I mean, I got it a little bit when he was facing Daniel Bryan. But after that, I mean, this is Kevin Owens we're talking about. Right. And, and, and I get it. It all started in Montreal. So it makes sense. But, like... You just can't imagine that's going to last very long, and uh, it comes. So does that mean we'll end up getting KO and Kofi at Money in the Bank? Yeah, it's the, it seems like it's the only way, right? And um, with Big E injured and Xavier taking that devastating powerball on the apron that 
sends people, you know, sends people away for a little bit. It looks like it's going to be KO and just Kofi, no New Day. So you have that. You'll have Elias and Roman Reigns. You'll have two matches for Becky Lynch. Um, you'll have um, Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. It's a pretty good card, match wise. Yeah, and it's not all. I mean, they're gonna have more chat, more matches. So you know, it's not over yet. Yeah. Um. So that's actually a, that's actually a pretty decent card. It's interesting that that's one of the weird things that I found about the product recently is that like the cards are good. I, it's just the stories aren't good. You know, it's sort of like Saturday Night Live, like what I so often think about Saturday Night Live. Incredible cast, short on good skits. You know, it's, it's a very, like there have been times over the last few years, and I, I didn't watch, I haven't watched this season that much, but over the last few years, there have been times when I've thought the SNL overall cast has been like at really high levels. But I just haven't found the show to be good. You know, ironically, Weekend Update's always good. But, like, the show itself isn't good. And yet the roster seems stacked. And I just feel like we've been seeing that recently with WWE. The stat, the, the, the roster is just, I mean, all the way from NXT UK through NXT to Raw and SmackDown. Um, it has just been utterly stacked as a talent pool. But... The storytelling has just been uh, not there for me uh, recently. Um, now that being said, that should bring us into Bray. What did you think about the Funhouse return of Bray? I thought it was creepy, and um, not creepy in the way that Bray Wyatt usually is creepy, but just like weird creepy. Uh, especially because it seems to be aimed at kids, which makes it almost more creepy. Um, <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> so, I'm interested to see where it's, where it goes. Though I'm, I'm open minded about this. I'm not completely uh, turned off yet on Funhouse Bray. Yeah, uh, listen, I like the. I, I read this in the New York Post, and it was a good point. And this, I forget the author's name. I apologize, but he was making the point that it's good because a, it's something different. They need a weird character, and it gets them out of the ring and backstage interviews. And I think that's a really great point. Like, we needed a break from just the same old look. You know, we really did. Um, it has been so repetitive in terms of match, interview backstage, blah, 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 promo in the ring, promo backstage. Um, so the fact that we're going to get what, however this is going to play out, it certainly appears that it opens the door to doing stuff away from the arena. Um, and I think that is a positive and it's something that's needed. Yeah. And uh, Bray looked kind of slim in that sweater too. I mean, let's talk about that for a second. He, did, he might be ready to go. He did, he did look slim. So I wonder how long it'll be before he appears in a ring. How much, I, 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 You have to imagine it's a few weeks of this, right? Yeah, which I'm okay with. I'm perfectly yeah. fine with. Yeah, it has to take some time. Um, and I like the creepy puppet characters. They freak me out a little bit. Did um, you notice their names? Uh, yes, but tell me again. One was Mercy, um, which you have to think is that. 
named after Waylon Mercy, who people have said, and I think Bray said it himself, was an inspiration for the Bray Wyatt character. And the other one was Abby, which has to be Sister Abigail, right? Right. Yes, of course. That was that was what jumped out to me the most. Um. So yeah, I thought that was actually pretty, pretty interesting. That could it could be different. Now, real quick, I want to give a shout out to. Uh, Another podcast here on the ESPN network, Katie Nolan. She had a big hit this week. Everyone was talking about her ESPN Plus show where she had some random Twitter troll come out and run the 40-yard dash. Uh, but Katie talks about the weird and crazy of sports every week. I'm sure she'll have a lot about the NFL draft, which was so over the top. Um, her podcast, Sports, you can find it on the ESPN network or anywhere you get podcasts. Shout out to Katie Nolan and the Sports Podcast. Um, check that out. Add it to to your weekly your weekly list of podcasts. Now, SGG, real quick prediction of deaths for this week's Game of Thrones. You know who I want to see. I want to see Khaleesi up out of here. I mean, you've had it's enough. not. Yeah, I, I have. I, I'm I'm sick of her shenanigans, um, especially this season. She's so obsessed with the throne. That she is just a level of ruthlessness is going to come out of her that we haven't seen before. Even though we have seen her be pretty ruthless, we have. If you go back, she really has had her moments of really crazed ruthlessness and and obsession with the throne. Like, like when you think about it, she's not the only thing that makes her different than Cersei. Is that like she's good to the people? Right, like she's a woman of yeah. people in theory. But besides that, her obsession with the Targaryen um, right to the throne is a little crazy. Yeah, which which is separate than her right to the throne. The Targaryen right to the throne is completely different. And even when John uh, let her know that he is the rightful heir, it didn't become about her family anymore. It became about her. And well, for so that, that's the question. So, so hold on. So, if if Daenerys is to die, and I don't think it would be this week because she won't die in the battle. Um, I, I truly believe that if Daenerys is going to be up out of here, it's going to be unrelated to the battle. Like it's going to have to come from, you know, someone Stark related. Yeah, Arya has about a million faces. It could be Arya. Somebody, somebody has to get her out of here. And you're right; it won't be this week, but somebody has to get her out of here. You know, and you know, we we got so many relationships that came together last week on the show. You know, whose relationship I'd like to see come together a little bit more, and like get a little bit of time together. Who's that? Arya and Bran. Yeah, he gonna have to wait on that though. It feels like Brad is not trying to reconnect with anybody. He's he's done. Yeah, I guess his ability to connect as a normal human being is kind of out the window. Now that he's just a weird lurker. Yeah. Um so so who do you think dies in the battle though? Jamie. He's got one hand. By the way, I just want to say this right now, and this was a me idea. I know there are lots of ideas being Propagated. I, I, I'm sure many get stolen. I had one original thought this week. Okay, I stole the first half of the idea. Actually, someone, <laughs> so, someone on a podcast made the point, and I'm sure many people felt this way. 
why would Theon be protecting Bran? Theon is the weakest warrior available. Like, there's no one with a worse track record than Theon Greyjoy. <laughs> why would you put the most important person who needs protection with Theon? Um, I think if they wanted to have, like, that full circle moment, it should have been Jamie that volunteered to protect Bran. And one-handed, I, and one-handed Jamie is still way better than Theon. Yeah, I agree. It should have been Jamie to protect Bran, especially after they had their moment. Uh, he, like he, they had that moment where so, you where you actually believe at this point that the La- Jamie Lannister character has come full circle. Like it's a full face turn. And if you actually believe that, which I do, if you believe in the face turn then I think him volunteering to protect Bran and like the whole room would have had a moment where they looked at each other kind of like, whoa. But it would have been, I think it would have been awesome. I think it would have been such a, you want to complete the turn, him saving Bran would be, would, and it, I guess that could still happen, right? But, sure. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people think Jamie's going to be up out of here. Um, uh, um, um, gray, gray worms a rap. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, after he planned his whole life and future, <laughs> that's a rap. <laughs> that's true. Oh, that's true. Why'd he do that? Gray worms out of here. Um, I worry about Sam. Nah, Sam's good, man. Sam, when, it, when it's time to buckle down and handle his business, Sam is good, man. Sam. Do you need to be reminded again? Sam was the first one to kill a White Walker. Like he keeps, he hangs his head on that. But that's a good, that's a good one to have in the back pocket today. Like, have you even killed one yet? I killed three. I killed I the wor- first one out of everybody. I worry about Brienne. Yeah, I think because because big characters have to go, and I truly don't think it's Jon Snow this week. Um. I truly don't think it's Jon Snow or Arya. I just, I know everyone's like lots of people are going to die and I hear you. I just have trouble believing that this week with four episodes left <coughs> afterwards that Arya and Jon Snow are gone. Um, yeah, I feel like Arya is going to make it deep if she doesn't make it to the end. Yeah, this would be a great bracket to make right now. Where where did, where did you fall? Where did you fall on last week's episode? Did you think it was great or did you think it was boring? No, I, th- I thought they were great. They all setting stuff up, and then like people who thought it was boring, they're not really true ride or die Game of Thrones heads. They just come for the action so they can they can talk about um, you know what happened with their friends or whatever. Like I, I agree. I, I think the real heads enjoyed last week. Now my buddy who produces the K show, Andrew Gunling, thinks it's a Hall of Fame episode. I don't know if I think it's like the the highest level of episode, but I did think it was really good. The only part where I got mad was when I did think they were going to like at least start the battle. And then Tyrion's like, does anybody know a song? I was like, oh my gosh, now I'm going to start singing, <laughs> yeah. bro. It's not time for singing. It's time for fighting. And that's how you know people really think they're going to die because they're not even preparing for this fight. They're just getting drunk. <laughs> they're just like, yeah. Let's just get drunk and and see what happens. Um, all right, we've uh, we've taken a bit of a turn here. SGG, do you have a uh, black power rankings for this week? 
Um, this week we're going to take a hiatus just because there wasn't much we got in the way of representation for the black superstars. Uh, I don't think any showed up on Raw. Sasha Banks is still out. Uh, Alicia Fox took an L. How about, listen, how about if, um, if Grey Worm survives, you put him on the Black Power Rankings next week? Listen, he's going to survive, and if he survives, he's going in. <laughs> Absolutely. Be, that would be a challenge. And if, um, if, if he gets 10 kills, he's going uh, in at number one. He's a, a, a 10 kill day? That would listen, be. Listen, I, I have to set the bar high. I can't just, just, you know, have for him existing, he's already going to get in. So if he wants to go higher than that, he needs to do some work. Let's hit some mailbag. Mail. Timothy writes, Hey, sweet, sweet Pete and the black experience. Just a question. I. <laughs> we didn't even mention that they changed the name again. Oh, but here we go. It's okay. This is what the email's about. Um, just a question I noticed while watching NXT. Why does the WWE act like NXT isn't part of WWE? So far, uh, so the War Machine, um, I mean the War Raiders, um, I mean the Viking Experience, um, I mean the Viking Raiders are Eric and Ivar on Mondays, but Hanson and Roe and the War Raiders on Wednesdays? What are we doing in the name of consistency? Love to hear your thoughts. Keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls and take it easy, man. <laughs> Listen. Many years ago, when I said, when I made, when I said, you know, they're going to have to change their name, I simply thought War Machine wasn't going to cut it. I thought they had it with War Raiders. I did not know we were going down this road of repuggery. Um, well, you want to hear something even worse? Sure. So, WWE sent out a survey to network subscribers asking their thoughts about several superstars. And for some reason, they wanted to know how people felt about the Viking Warriors. So this is a new survey that went out after Raw. I want to say it was on Wednesday. So they, they, they might be changing the name again. By the way, but by the way, when you want to talk about Lost, I mean, you're sending out surveys you're you're just asking the people like, hey, tell us tell us what you like. I mean, we are, yo, man. Someone needs to grab this thing by the horns and just be like, what are we as a show? This is just such the classic problem of like a company getting so big and being worth so much money that you you can't even have the show as it was intended to be. It's like it's it's. Talk about serving masters. There's so many things that it has to serve. And Anyway, Sarah writes us, Hey, just wanted to get your guys' take uh, on the serious lack of actual stories in WWE these days. I found that this week's episode of Raw was quite polarizing. Some loved it for all the action in the ring, and some were quite bored. I was the latter. Seth and AJ are two of my favorite performers. And by the way, she spelled favorite. I know she's British. Uh, two of my favorite performers in the ring. But I really don't care for this dream match unless there's a compelling story behind it. It seems most stories are about someone challenging for a title just because um, – or not even a title, cough, cough, Randy and AJ. 
and the challenger having a bad attitude about it. At a time when the WWE has the greatest talent in the world, people love talking about dream matches, but I find that so many of these quote dream matches have turned out to be lackluster because there aren't any stakes. What do you guys think? Stay mage and take it easy, Sarah. Sarah, you basically just said a better version of what I said earlier on the show. Um, and just said it more eloquently. Couldn't agree with you more. Oh, it's a dream match. That's not a storyline. It's a dream match is not a storyline. You still need a story and then the dream match. Okay? Like, it's just not... That's just not enough. It's not. And I'm sorry. Yes, I hold it to a high standard. Yet another person sending us the... uh Round Mushmore drop. Multiple people sent me that. It's so amazing how many people instantly were just like, okay. <laughs> um, I think this guy's written before and I think I got his name wrong. Saifi? I don't know. S-A-I-F-E. I uh, I'm not taking a stab at it. I feel bad. I hate, I hate ruining names, but. Sweet Pete and SGG, as I'm writing this email, I'm watching Sami Zayn's promo and bro, he's hot fire. This guy's amazing. Uh, and wow, he is hot. Take CM Punk, but better in the ring. The mic work, the enthusiasm, the realness, just wow, it hits you in the feel spot. I believe him, and that hasn't happened in a while. I couldn't agree with you more about him um, on the mic. Sami Zayn on the mic is really, really good. Um, yeah, and he's saying the truth, too. Like, I feel it. I find it hard to find fault in anything that he says yet. He, I, I just have always felt his character and needs a, a polishing in some way. Or maybe a not polishing. And maybe that's where it's going. It's getting even rougher and rougher around the edges. But there's something about what does Sami Zayn mean? I mean, you guys have been listening to the podcast for years. You've been hearing me complain about him coming out to ska and, you know, how I've never quite understood what that character was supposed to, what we're supposed to get from that. Except for like, he likes Ska. Again, that's, that's not enough. <laughs> um, Jimmy writes us, will WWE's women competitors always be stuck in the attitude era? It's no secret that WWE is keeping tabs on what's being said about their product online and adjusting and acknowledging as necessary. Everything from Kofi Mania to the Viking Raiders has pivot written all over it. And obviously they've noticed the many comparisons between Lacey Evans and Charlotte Flair. Becky mentioned it on Raw, but in an effort to own its acknowledgement, Becky was left to throw both Evans and Flair under the bus as women who sleep around to get ahead. Um, I didn't even... Did she say that? I didn't catch that either. I, I didn't catch that. And isn't Lacey Evans, <laughs> she, like, married? She might... Listen, she might have. Yeah, um, I didn't catch that. I really, Becky gets reckless on the mic. I really thought part of the women's revolution was about recognizing that these kinds of storylines weren't good or appropriate 20 years ago, let alone in 2019. But does Becky's promo on Raw, coupled with the Mandy Rose Naomi storyline from a few months ago, eliminate any hope that they'll ever stop going to this well instead of letting great athletes and compelling characters tell the stories? Take it easy, man. It's a very good point from Jimmy uh, about, you know, and it's funny because I've been so desperate for, I've been so desperate for stories that I didn't even mind Naomi and Mandy Rose because at least it was a story, you know? Like, yeah. Um, but that's a good point. So it's, it's a totally fair point. Um, SGG, listen, I'm gonna tell you the truth. I have a lot to do today. 
Um, and I didn't even know that we could get 43 minutes out of this week's show. <laughs> but as we get closer to money in the bank, I have faith. And uh, as we get close to uh, double or nothing, um, is that the same weekend, by the way? Uh, I don't think it's the same weekend. It might be the weekend after. So as we get closer to those events, we'll, we will have a lot to talk about. Um, keep, keep the emails coming, rosenbergbeats at gmail.com, and we'll try to get to your mailbag questions. Um, I hope everyone enjoys Game of Thrones. By the way, tell, tell me if you loved or hated the Game of Thrones talk, because with where wrestling is right now, and with how mage Game of Thrones is right now, SGG, yeah. over the over the next five weeks, we could definitely do a solid 20, 30 minutes every week on Game of Thrones. <laughs> I was going to say, as we if head you down tell us stretch. about we're probably going to get sprinkling some Game of Thrones talk. Yeah, you're going to get some, but like I'm curious to how people feel, because I definitely have a lot of theories. I'm currently uh, halfway through Season 3 in rewatching it at the same time, by the way, also. I've been full nerd zone um but uh yeah that is what i'm most excited about this weekend when it comes to entertainment is game of thrones on sunday i know a lot of people are excited for avengers i'm not a marvel guy yeah i'm going to see that tonight so i'm gonna be real hurt on monday yeah it's a lot it's a lot to take in this week supposedly it's a real tearjerker the avengers uh flick um but sgg do me a favor this weekend and in, in the movie and throughout uh, enjoy yourself. Oh, yeah. And take it easy, man. Oh, no, I will.